Good evening, Braves country. You have found the Braves Craze podcast for February the 27th, 2020. It's Thursday evening, and I appreciate you listening to the podcast. Before we begin, if you would, do the podcast a favor and give us a follow and a subscription on your favorite podcasting platform. And then also, if you will, give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Dr. Braves. The D and the B are capitalized in that Twitter handle. So I want to apologize for being away a little longer than normal with a podcast. Uh, I haven't felt well, and I'm still a bit hoarse, so if I sound funny today, uh, my apologies in advance. But I do want to come to you and discuss a few issues and a few notes we have for the Braves. So one thing we haven't talked about on the podcast yet that I do want to mention, I know it's not necessarily on-field news, but I want to talk about Kelsey Winger in a second, the Braves' sideline reporter for uh, Fox Sports Net. As we all know now, I'm sure you've heard, uh, it was announced that she was not renewed and let go by Fox Sports Net, but it was also told the Braves made the final decision or had the final say-so in that decision. So Kelsey is no longer a Brave. Instead, they've hired uh, Kelly Kroll, who was on TV with one of the Braves' spring training podcasts last weekend. Uh, Kelly was formerly of the Chicago Cubs in, in a similar role to Kelsey Winger. So you've probably heard and read a lot of backlash about Kelsey Winger not coming back. And sometimes I take a different viewpoint from some of these folks that say that. But in this case, I'm not because I thought Kelsey Winger was great. Uh, I enjoyed her as a reporter. I enjoyed her in the studio. Uh, She was very upbeat. The players seemed to like her. Uh, She smiled. She was happy. Uh, She was fun. And, And I thought she was a really, really good addition to the broadcast. So uh, having Kelly Kroll come in, Kroll come in now, uh, you know, I don't want to give her a difficult time by any means. I I did think it was kind of funny the first time I saw her on TV, uh, she did mispronounce Brian Snitker's name. Uh, I didn't butcher it, but it was certainly not pronounced right. So I thought that was kind of a bad start for Kelly, but we wish her good luck. I certainly do from this podcast and, and hope she will do well. Uh, again, I thought it was kind of weird. No one mentioned anything about Kelsey Winger on the TV broadcast for the Braves last weekend, either one of them. Uh, I would have liked to have seen a farewell and good luck Kelsey Winger, uh, but apparently there's some things going on there that are a bit strange, and they did not choose to talk about Kelsey Winger on air that I could tell. Uh, so good luck, Kelly Kroll. I want to welcome you to Braves country. Uh, but even more than that, good luck, Kelsey Winger. I know you're going to land somewhere very good and do a great job for someone you certainly were a class act and did a great job in my mind for the Braves and Fox Sports Net. Uh, Also of note, I did also read that Joe Simpson uh, has been uh, downsized a bit again on his radio broadcasts and will not be really calling that many games, maybe a few here and there for the Braves, but it looks like Joe is kind of moving on as well. I don't know if that was Joe's choice or Atlanta's choice, but you know, Joe catches some flack sometimes. I like Joe a lot. I, I think Joe was obviously the last of, of one of the older guard guys out there from Chip Carey, Ernie Johnson, Pete Van Weeren, Don Sutton days. Uh, and I, I really like Joe, so I'm going to miss Joe if he's not on TV or on the radio as much as he used to be. But hopefully Joe will still be around a little bit and we'll get to hear from Joe Simpson uh, from time to time. Uh, So that's my comments on the broadcasting team and the sidelines crew. Uh, Some changes coming up this year, I guess. But I'm certainly excited for the Braves season, and hopefully the the guys on TV and the radio will do a great job. Uh, Wanted to mention uh, the Brian Snitker, Alex Anthopoulos extensions. Uh, Nothing shocking there to me from what I can understand. Uh, You know, I also think it wasn't just Snit. It was the whole coaching staff. So uh, 
you know, good for you guys. I'm really happy with the coaching staff. Uh, not just Snit, also uh, certainly Ron Washington, Kevin Seitzer, uh, Rick Kranitz, all those guys have done a nice job. And, you know, good to have them signed again. And then, and then Double A Alex Anthopoulos certainly, you know, has done a great job for the Braves coming in uh, after John Capoello and getting this franchise going in a really good direction to compete now for uh, the postseason and a world championship consistently for the next few years, it looks like. So couldn't be happier about that. Uh, I want to mention, too, Ron Washington. Man, Ron Washington's a great, great coach. And, you know, I'm really shocked that no one picked up Ron Washington. There was some some talk about him, you know, going somewhere and, and, and being on another team and having a manager's job, and I think he got some interviews. But Ron Washington is, you know, such a great infield coach uh, with, with our guys. And, and you see our defense of these guys, you know, becoming just second to none. So, uh, you know, Thrilled to have Ron Washington as well as the rest of those coaches back uh, for uh, at least another year or so to come going forth. Uh, the, I guess the big news out of the week uh, that's not good news, you know, the first game we had the, uh, we had the news about uh, <clears throat> Cole Hamels' elbow, excuse me, or shoulder and, and, and the problem there. So now Freddie Freeman's elbow is, is popped back up, and Freddie was – kind of shut down from, from playing spring games and, and not really a timetable here uh, to talk about what's going on. And I've seen some guys saying, well, they're not really worried. I, I'll tell you, I'm worried. I'm worried about Freddie's elbow. Uh, you know, he, he basically had some work done in the offseason and came in. And uh, if you saw Freddie on the first broadcast of the year, uh, he was deemed pain-free uh, and, and was in there playing and said he was pain-free and was excited to be in there. And I was excited for Freddie. And then – a few days later, we get this report that Freddie's elbow is, is kind of inflamed again and, and he's act, it's acting up on him and he's not going to be playing for a few games and we'll have to kind of reevaluate from there. Uh, if you saw Freddie being interviewed, one of the things Freddie said his goal was for the 2020 season was to play 162 games. You know, I'm going to vent a minute here and you probably know my thoughts. I'm sure you've heard me say it before. I love Freddie Freeman, so I, I'm, not, I'm not turning on Freddie Freeman when I say this, but... I don't really want to hear Freddie talking about 162 games anymore. Uh, I don't believe it benefits the Braves if Freddie plays 162 games. I just don't believe it does. Uh, Freddie needs to take some time off and, and keep himself healthy, keep himself strong, because I think one of the biggest problems in the playoffs the last two years has been that our, our, our big studs and our guys that we rely on to hit the ball and, and, and do, you know, do the things for us that they've done all year have been just exhausted. And obviously Freddie was hurt uh, in the playoffs and, and wouldn't really talk about that, wouldn't really blame it on being hurt. And I'm going to talk about the other part of that in a second. But, you know, Freddie, Freddie has kind of come in and limped in the last two years in a row of the playoffs. And, you know, Nick Marcakis two years ago, uh, Nick missed some time, time being hurt in the season this year. So Nick may not have been so tired in the playoffs this year. But, you know, we, we, we had a plan to have Johan Camargo last year come in and, and be the super sub and give our guys all this time to, to take time off, and he didn't do it. So, uh, and I don't know what happened there. You know, some may say that Johan gained weight and didn't like the role, and you know it was on him. Some may say that that the coaching staff didn't really make it happen. Uh, either way, you know, and and I, I believe it may have been more of the latter of those than the first. But either way, we had to get Freddie some rest. We had to get some other guys some rest last year. We did not, and now we've got Freddie's elbow. Now we've got Freddie saying he wants to play every game this year. And, you know, I think it's time at this point in time for some of the coaches to step up and say, hey, we got to back off on this. Whether you're healthy or not, you need to take some days off. And that's really everybody. 
on this team to get ourselves fresh for the postseason. So, you know, I didn't like hearing Freddie say that, especially coming in there where he had the year he had last year. Such a great year, but then kind of at the end of the season was out of gas, albeit he may have been hurt. But regardless, I believe that was part of the reason he was out of gas is that injury. Uh, the injury was there, and, and then Freddie was tired and fatigued as well. So let's switch gears now and talk about what Freddie also was kind of quoted as saying on the interview, uh, the, how hurt his elbow was at the end of the year. You know, we said that Freddie wouldn't blame the elbow, and he didn't blame the elbow. Uh, but but it was also revealed that he was in some pretty severe pain and, and was taking some ibuprofen and then even some pain meds, some pretty strong pain meds, into the playoffs last year, uh, last week of the season or so in the playoffs. And, you know, I don't blame Freddie for that. I mean, the, the coaching staff uh, certainly had to make that – that uh, call, the medical staff of the Braves had to make that call. And, you know, the concerning part, though, was Freddie mentioned at some point in time it even kind of had blurred his vision in the playoffs and when he was out there trying to hit. And, you know, that's a, that's a tough thing to swallow and hear, hear Freddie say because certainly we want Freddie to be healthy and take care of himself. But to, to play that injured and to use pain meds uh, that were prescribed for him like that, you know, uh, it, it's kind of frightening. And certainly to know that he couldn't really see the ball – and there was some, some blurred vision when he was in there because of the medication he was taking. So, you know, we again, point being, we got to get back to getting these guys some time off and keeping them healthy. And, you know, Freddie's not an old man at this point in time at all. He's 30 years old, and, you know, he's got still some prime years ahead of him. But I just believe it's time to protect that asset by giving him some time off and, and not letting him go out there on an everyday basis. And right now, you know, who knows what's going to happen to Freddie. He, he may miss – significant time of this elbow. I, I hope that's not the case, but I'm very worried uh, this elbow thing might be a little more than what we think it is. And, and, you know, if it is an injury where he's not ready to play, we have to keep him out on the, on the, on the injured list and get him well. So we will get the real Freddie Freeman for most part of the year. So to clarify, I'm certainly not claiming anything wrong with Freddie as far as what he did with the, you know, the prescribed pain meds, but I don't want to get in a spot again where we've got to, you know, have Freddie take medication so he's able to play and that affects his his outcome for sure. So uh, love Freddie still. He's still one of the best four or five hitters in the National League, if not more than that. And, so, and I think he's the best first baseman in baseball. So a healthy Freddie Freeman is is crucial for a, a big Braves run uh, in 2020. Uh, a couple other things I want to mention real quick. I, I've talked a little in the past about the Astros stuff. I want to talk more about baseball in general right now, and that kind of ties back into some of the Astros' wrongdoings. I, I grew up playing baseball as a kid. Baseball is is my first love. Uh, you know, I, 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 I was an athlete growing up. I still am, am very active today in, in a lot of things. But the game of baseball is the greatest game ever invented. Uh, it is, it's the most beautiful game to me. When you watch uh, the, the game played the correct way, when you watch the fans and the fanfare and, and the players who are larger than life and they're heroic on, on, on these major league teams. And growing up as a kid, you know, the Dale Murphy, uh, Pete Rose, Tony Gwynn, Mike Schmitz of the world that I, that I idolized and watched play. Cal uh, Ripken's another one, you know, for sure. Uh, and you all know that Dale Murphy's my my favorite player ever, my hero. But you know, just all these guys were polarizing, and this game was so beautiful. And now we've had some things that really have tainted the game, you know, more than once. Certainly, the Astros cheating scandal, uh, the the sign stealing situation, and now the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred, and the way he's handling this has just become 
really, really egregious in my opinion. Uh, you know, we're more worried about the players throwing at the Astros to make a point than we are the Astros, you know, punishment themselves and what they did. You know, Manfred is, is, is being more harsh on anyone that wants to knock him down, you know, with the high inside fastballs and throwing at him than he is really punishing what happened, which to me is, is pretty sad to this game. Uh, also, some of the changes the commissioner has proposed for the game, like picking your own opponents in the playoffs. This game's not broken, guys. This game's not broken. And if we have to change it every year because other other sports try to change sometimes, this kind of stuff, we're going to make it worse, in my opinion. So, you know, baseball is baseball. It's a great sport. And, and a tweak here or there, okay, that, that's fine. But some silly things like this and then, you know, and then, but now protecting the game to me with, with this cheating scandal is, is what's got to happen. And there's got to be some ramifications for the Astros, uh, whether it, whether it means they vacate the title or, or some player suspensions or whatever it may be. But it's time to make something right happen here. You know, I go back to uh, the Braves situation with the signing of international players illegally. We got hammered over that. We're still going to have trouble signing international players going forth. And we had a, had a uh, really bad penalty on us that, that still hinders us from, from our, our farm system at this point in time, in particular internationally. So for this to get, get ignored kind of the way it is and, and pushed aside and trying to save face by Manfred to me is a joke. And I feel like it's time uh, to do something here with the Astros before this season starts to make this right. Uh, on another note of baseball, you know, you've, you've heard me talk about the Hall of Fame and, and, and how – they're not electing people right. They're not letting the right people in. Uh, you know, I still contend Dale Murphy's a no-brainer with a back-to-back -back MVP and all the accolades he has over the years. Uh, you know, a lot wrong with the game, a lot wrong with what they're, how, what they're doing with the game in the Hall of Fame. And, and I just really kind of think it's time to get some things back to where it needs to go, and that's the old-school game of baseball. So uh, that's my take on that. I'm done with that now, and we'll move on to something else. My last topic I want to kind of talk about today is just go over some spring training notes that we've seen and kind of some, some from, from watching games, from watching some stats, seeing highlights. Uh, for those who care, the Braves are two and three, two wins and three, three losses in spring training right now. That means very little to nothing. We know that. Um, I wanted to mention a few of the player uh, noticeable things we've seen, though. Uh, Travis Darno. His first start and his first pitch, he hit a mammoth home run. Uh, if you haven't seen that clip, check it out on MLB.com or, or somewhere you can find it on YouTube probably, but he crushed the first pitch he saw in the spring. Uh, Felix Hernandez now has had two pretty good outings. Uh, the first game Felix pitched that was on uh, Fox Sports South or Net, one or the other, uh, there was no radar gun out there, so you couldn't really see how hard Felix was throwing. He looked like he was not throwing that hard, but his curveball was pretty sharp. So, you know, he looks he's looked pretty good twice. I, I am not on the King Felix fan or bandwagon to make this team because I think we have some younger guys that might be better options. But, you know, Felix has pitched well twice and some of the other guys have not. For example, Bryce Wilson's first start, his first inning was, was pretty bad. I think he gave up three run runs and didn't look good. Um, you know, Br Bryce was a guy that I'm pretty sure when I watched him pitch last year was mid-90s on his fastball, 95, 96. Uh, he was throwing 92-93 in that first game. Now it's spring training, and he may not be stretched out, loosened up yet, so I'm sure he wasn't airing it out out there. But uh, he, that was a little concerning to see Bryce's velocity in, in, in that spot uh, at, that, at that point in time. Um, you know, sometimes the Braves are proponents of backing off that fastball a little bit. 
Uh, and I think some pitchers that may be a detriment to him. I think Bryce is a guy that he needs to throw uh, mid-90s to be as effective as he could be. So, you know, who knows? Too early to say what that was, but uh, Bryce did not look good. And I'm a Bryce Wilson fan, so hopefully that, that kind of comes back uh, soon. Max Freed had a, had a bad outing as well. Uh, his, his first of the spring was not a good outing. I believe he got through a third of an inning and had a lot of people mad how bad he looked. I mean, come on, guys. It's, 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 it's spring training first first outing, so that doesn't really concern me either. So long as the tools are still there and the velocity is okay, Max will be fine uh, for sure. But, but he had a bad start. And then also, you know, the Bryce Ball thing. You know, we mentioned him last podcast, and – if you haven't seen the home run he hit the other day and the video of that, uh, he, he launched a home run uh, to, to left center, to right center field, I believe, uh, and just was crushed and didn't really go that high, line drive. I mean, this guy's pretty legit power for sure. You know, he's got to learn to hit, I'm sure, other pitches, and he's very young. Uh, he's not a guy that will make this team by any means at this point in time. But, you know, you've got a six foot six guy here who could be a future player for us that's pretty nice to see that kind of came out of nowhere. So, uh, anyway, uh, the Bryce Ball bandwagon kind of keeps rolling on, the train keeps rolling on, and we're kind of seeing some things out of him as well. Uh, you know, I, I saw Drew Waters play. I saw Pache play on TV, and, you know, these guys have not hit a ton yet, but you watch Drew Waters and his style of play, you gotta got to kind of smile. People talk about his swagger, and, and he's kind of cocky and has that swagger, but the guy plays hard. He plays, plays the game the right way. So I, I'm excited about, about Drew Waters going forward. Pache is the same way, I mean. You know, I, I've been on record as saying I believe Waters is a better hitter than Pache. He's going to be a, a 300 hitter in the league, in the majors. And, and Pache, I don't know if he'll be that or not. I think he'll be really good. Pache's got that defensive tool that just you can't teach. And, and that's not, not to say Waters doesn't. He's very good too. But, you know, I think Waters is a better prospect overall than Pache. I really do. And, and I think that's because the bat is just going to be naturally there and a little bit better. But again, Pache is a great prospect, so we're we can, we're going to be set, I think, for years to come in the outfield with with Acuna and those two guys. So uh, that's all I got for you today. That's the podcast. Uh, again, thanks for listening, and go Braves.